And we are back. We are back. Hello and welcome. Welcome back to Comedian Ordinaire, the world's most okay podcast. My name is Dan O. Um, I am very excited about sharing this interview, but before I get into anything, um, I think I, I would feel terrible if, uh, if I didn't speak on any matters at hand here. Um, you know, this is Denver, Colorado, and I'd say the past week or so, um, people have really been showing their support for what's happening, you know, um, and I'm specifically talking about the George Floyd incident and I'll, I'll say this, I guess on behalf of myself, um, for a while I felt like saying something or speaking up, um, would only show how ignorant I was or how little I actually knew about situations like this. Um, and not really knowing that that was part of the problem. And I love what I'm seeing in my small community of people here, you know, be it my friend group or family. Um, nobody's being shy about the matter now. And everybody is saying something worth listening to. Um, and, and I guess silence, especially in a time like this, um, is just something that is more harmful than helpful. Um, being a bystander does, in my opinion, just as much bad as somebody who is actually committing the crime or the violence or whatever. And I'm not here to say that there is a right way to protest or there's a right way to get people on your movement um, because there isn't. There is not a right way and there is not a wrong way. Um, if you look back at you know past protests and past riots in America, it's hard to say whether or not that was right. Um, and you can point at certain instances and say that was wrong. Shouldn't have done that. You probably shouldn't have brought guns to a protest. Um, and it's so tough, you know, because I, I'm not out there. I'm not out there protesting, and that's in fear of my own safety. And I guess that's my privilege that I have here. Um, but I don't want to be a part of the problem. Uh, I don't want to be a part of the problem, and just saying something, saying anything really at this point, like showing that you see what's happening in the world is step one. You know, to to admit that you have eyes and ears is step one. And I hate that the media has sensationalized all the violence and the looting and the robberies and the destruction. Um, because I would, I want to go on record as saying that a majority of these protests and movements are done peacefully and in a peaceful manner. Um, and some instances where who knows how things are going down, if a certain group of people are infiltrate. I don't want to get into that. Because in reality, a majority of these protests are peaceful and a majority of people speaking for the movement are doing so in a peaceful manner. And I don't know that racism is getting worse or if everybody just has a video camera in their pocket now and it's being more publicly displayed. But look, I'm, I'm with the people on this one. There needs to be some sort of change. There needs to be a change to this system. There's this generational racism that exists in America and police brutality is a real thing. Profiling is a real thing. 
treating somebody different because of their skin color is a real thing in this country. And I really think that if you want to make a difference, you have to go out and vote. You have to go out and vote all of the racist people who hold office, out of office, and out of power. Put somebody in power who gets the people, who knows the movement, who understands where America is headed. Because that's sort of, that's the problem as well, you know? When you, when you vote for somebody and you don't know entirely who they are, you don't know what they stand for, maybe they promised one thing and you're like, oh, that's, no, it's like, it's so much more than that. So I would, I would say that go out and vote whenever you can, pay attention to your community, look at what you need, don't be quiet about things, don't be silent, um, and look, I'm not, I'm not an expert on anything here. I'm not an expert at all. I'm going to be 100% honest. Maybe four months ago, I didn't even know what my governor's name was. I had no fucking idea. And something has happened, you know, in the year of 2020. This one will go down in history, man. Everybody's going to remember this one. Um, Man, I just there's been a, a huge awakening in the people, and I'm one of those people. I'm not saying that I'm woke. I'm just saying I'm not scared of these matters anymore, and I'm not scared to talk about them because I've always known what the right thing to do is, and I've always known what the right cause to support is. And for whatever reason, I just felt like being quiet and letting things go by, letting other people deal with it was the right thing to do. And I'm learning now that that is absolutely the wrong thing to do. And if you're too scared to speak up, I, I'm sorry. I, it's a responsibility that you have in this country. You know, you're not born into something and you don't have to do anything for the rest of your life. You have a responsibility as a human being to treat other people with respect. I've always lived by the golden rule and I'm not that much of a religious person but treat people how you want to be treated if you're really so tired about hearing of all of these protests and all this racism i can't imagine what it's like actually living through that and i guess i could go on and on about this i do want to keep it incredibly brief um because i'm, I'm not a leader for this but here's what i am i'm, I'm a supporter of the movement Black lives do matter. It's it's so fucking insane that we have to say that in the year 2020. Oh man. And I uh and I hope I'm not ruining the mood for this interview. Um this interview here and I know Slake um the the artist that I'm interviewing here on the podcast today. I know Slake is in incredibly active in this movement and he is so much more active than I am and I have nothing but respect for Slake as an artist and as a person and as a political activist everything that he's doing it's so inspiring just in every manner as far as making music not being shy about sharing your talent being who you are and standing up for what you believe in because it's the right thing to do, it's incredibly inspiring. So I'm nothing but proud to share this interview. And I'm, I guess I'm also excited. I'm so excited. You know, Slake is, he's been one of my favorite artists and one of my favorite rappers for about two years now. I would, I would put him in my own personal top five to top 10. Somebody whose music, when I first listened to it, I'm like, 
holy shit, this kid has just got talent. He's got so much fucking talent. And um, as somebody who prides himself in having some sort of talent and never feeling jealous, uh, Slake, I can tell you firsthand, man, what you're doing is absolutely fucking insane. I'm just, I'm, I'm enthralled with this man's work. Um, and I'm so happy that he agreed to do the podcast. You'll hear Slake briefly mention something at the end um, about, you know, everything that I just talked about in that first seven minutes. And I really wish, I really wish Zoom didn't limit me to 40 minutes um, because this interview was a little bit shorter. And, you know, I feel like where the interview was headed and the questions that I still had for him, you know, we would have talked about about something really important to the entire country. And, um, you know, unfortunately, we didn't get there. Uh, we, we don't, I, I don't even have a rapid fire segment in this. You know, at one point I sort of warned Slake that we're running out of time. Zoom does these free calls and that's what we're doing now. I'm getting on Zoom and getting on these free calls. And so Slake, look, if you're listening, if you listen to this 10 minutes in, if you've really gotten this far, man, I want to do a follow-up interview so bad. There's so much things that I still have to ask you. If you ever have anything else that you're working on and you want to share, I would love to talk to you about it. I want to get you back on the podcast at some point. Um, and and look, in this one, though we really only talk about his music and his brand new album that's coming out, and I would implore you to listen to that, it is so wonderful just based off of the singles that i've heard and it's so fucking groovy and it makes me so happy to listen to this music um and if there's anything else that we could ever talk about i am so game slake you have inspired me like you have no idea man um so a huge thank you to you i feel like i've talked enough in front of this one so without further ado My guest today is a rapper originally from Seattle, Washington. Earlier this year, he messed around and made self-love the zeitgeist. He's here today to talk about his new album, <laughs> Colors, which is out everywhere on June 5th. Welcome to the podcast, Slake Duronsky. What's going yes, on? Yes, sir. Bro, that's the best intro I've ever had. Hell yeah, up. man. Watching my Instagram videos. For sure. Um, yeah, dude, I'm a huge fan, man. Honestly, like first and foremost, I'm like listening to your music for a couple of years and I'm like, wonder what it would be like i only ever interview comedians but i was like this dude's up to creative stuff i gotta get him on i mean yeah i'm i'm always down to chop it up you know whatever the whatever the package is dude comedians or otherwise um nice. and i also in in college actually i did sketch comedy for uh, all four years i i was in really with, with jason actually jason lacricchio we shout were out jason yeah shout out jason bro up in nashville hold it down um yeah but we did we did sketch comedy together for for four years so i i i was originally i was thinking about moving to chicago instead of la i wanted Whoa. to go the the theater acting because i love the chicago hip-hop scene too i love chicago, yeah i love chicago hip-hop um but I was going to do kind of the second city route and just try to get on SNL. 
Um, and then uh, obviously we've taken a different turn with it. Um, and how we created it. Yeah, I mean, it's mostly because a lot of my homies and my creative partners and collaborators, they all moved out to LA and, you know, after college is a really, um, it's a, obviously a transitional period. It can be a really isolating or lonely, right? right? It's kind of scary time. It's important to have people, um, your people. So I, I um, kind of went with that and here we are. So you always had that like performer thing in you though. Like you always kind of wanted to be a performer. Is that it? Yeah, it's funny. Uh, I started doing like theater, 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 right? When I was young, I think I did my first, I saw my sibling do a play. There's The Legend of Sleepy Hollow at this mm -hmm. community theater. And I got home one night from one of the shows and my mom and I we were parking in the garage and I was like, mom, that looks so much fun. Like, <laughs> I think I want to do that. So I was in that play the next year. I mean, I was like, a, I was so small. And then I just kept doing it. I was in like the sound of music when I was in like fifth grade. Nice, you know? I was in like fucking rent. Like <laughs> I, I did it. Um, and then I went, that's what I went to college for. I went to college for um, acting for, for theater arts. Um, really? So, you know, the stage is just like, is I feel, I feel really comfortable there. I feel uh, almost more comfortable on a stage to a bunch of people than I do, you know, to an intimate, intimate group, you know, there's, does anybody else in your family perform? Is it just you and your older brother or your brother? Not really. Uh, my sibling. Sibling is uh, non-binary. They them. Uh huh. Okay. Um, but uh, yeah. So Keaton, my sibling, they they performed when they were younger, and it's funny because then they got into like filmmaking, and um, so they were they were more sort of behind the camera, while I was more sort of in front of the camera and on the stage. But now they're they're more of a political activist and organizer, um, doing oh, amazing wow. work. Yeah. Yeah. Nice. We've That's all, huge. We've, we've all kind of blossomed. Uh, so yeah, not, not really. It's mostly just me and my family. Uh, for this, man, I want to take it back to the beginning. You sort of talked about it a little bit, but what kind of kid were you? You seem to have this thing. Like, were you into rap music as a kid? Are you into Actually, music no. at all? No, no. I, I, it's so interesting how I guess I kind of ended up here. Mm -hmm. um, I was like a weird, weird kid. You know, I, I played um, when I was doing theater growing up. I was also playing soccer. Um, I played soccer for 12 years, basically up through high school. And then I kind of decided that acting was the route that I wanted to pursue. Hmm. Um, no, but I, I mean, I was, I don't know, I guess eccentric as a kid. Like, I don't know. I, I always like had kind of a, a flair to me. Um, like you weren't shy at all, right? No, not really. Not really. But I was like weird, not shy. Like I wasn't hmm. like, I wasn't like the popular, like, uh, like kid in any way kind of growing up. Like one time when I was in fifth grade, we were playing this like dodgeball style game. Yeah. And I like was like super hyper competitive, you know, still kind of am. And I was just booking it, trying to get to this ball. And I tripped on the corner of a, a like a mat, uh, mm. tripped on it on my way down, hit my head on the corner of a door hinge, cracked Whoa. my head open in front of all the kids in my class. And I was more to, I was like, this is it for me. Like Damn. my, my social stock is like plummeting. Right. And yeah. my, like the PE teacher was wrapping her, you know, jacket around my head to be, so I had to get five staples. Whoa. In my, I know, I know it was crazy. I had to let, I know they didn't go stitches. They went the staple route. Staple route, man. I, know. Oh I, was my like, goodness. I was like, are we sure? Are we sure? Staples is that the worst injury you've ever had? Mm. Kinda. I've sprained my ankle a couple times um, playing soccer. I actually like 
almost a year ago, I, I don't know if you can see, I have a scar on my chin. Yeah. yeah. I kind of fucked my face up a little bit. I had to get seven stitches on my chin. What the hell? Uh, Dude, I, it's such a stupid story. I flew over the handlebars of a lime scooter, um, <laughs> which, you know, it's so funny, dude. Lime scooters are, are claiming lives out there. Lime They're taking lives, man. Fuck people up. Uh, you got to watch out. I was also like, you know, a little, a sure. little in touch, you know. Right. Uh, yeah, you got you to gotta be careful with that. Did shit. you log out of Lime? I know some people that like crash and then they forget to log out and like somebody takes the scooter. Well, I, yeah, I had, uh, I was, my homie, we were doing it as a celebration for our one year anniversary of being in LA. So it was me uh-huh. and a bunch of my buddies and I'd never ridden a lime scooter before. And my homie was like, let's do this. It's going to be so much fun. And it was, and then all hell broke loose. I'm on the pavement. There's my chins dripping blood where Damn. they're like, Ooh, let's get you to the hospital. Um, <laughs> but my homie, I had been paying for his lime scooter ride too. So I just did like, I like did it on the app, they did two or whatever, and his phone died, so we couldn't log out of his of course, ride. Of course. And the whole time I was like, I was at the hospital, and I was like, bro, we gotta get your phone charged. <laughs> I'm like holding, you know. Um, but anyway, no, okay, so to go back, to answer your question, I didn't really get into rapper hip hop until I was in high school. Mm. Um, and kind of at the same time, I was introduced to the Marshall Mathers LP, Mm. Um, which I understand, you know, Marshmallow's LP came out in 99. Like it came out so much, so, so long before right. I discovered it. But I got into that at the same time that I heard Acid Rap by Chance. Oh, um, nice. Okay. Two completely different artists, right? Completely different moments in history, but they came together for me and just blew my fucking mind. I was wow. like, you can do this with words? Like people yeah. can do this, you know? Um, and so after I kind of started hearing, hearing that, you know, I got into like, there were two different styles I was into. I was into Chance and Childish Gambino were big for me. Sure. Logic was big for me. But then on the other side, you had Eminem, Royce to 5'9", Tech 9, Jaron Benton, Hobson, like. Lyricist, man. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Bars, like right. just bars. So that's kind of how I started writing was just no hook. Just, I was just, you know, I didn't know how to write a song. I was just writing yeah. lyrics. I just liked it, you know? And then, you know, eventually you start to figure out structure and hooks and shit. And, so know, that's sort of when you knew you wanted to be a musician was in high school. Like how long did it take you to tell people that you were into this or this is what you were doing? It took a while. It took a while. For yeah. a long time, for years, I was just writing. And I don't even know if I understood what I was doing. I wasn't, mm-hmm. I didn't register it as any kind of like career trajectory. I just liked it. I knew it was an outlet. And I think a turning point, honestly, was because, um, you know, I messed around and we'd freestyle and, you know, I'd make some tracks with my homies. Sure. We wouldn't record anything, but you'd just mess around. But when I was a senior in high school, I was uh, chosen to speak at my high school graduation. Nice. And the speech that I ended up writing, I don't know what compelled me, gave me the confidence to do this, but I was like, this is it. So I wrote like a, like a Dr. Susie type, like <laughs> limerick, just a bunch of bars. But I look back at it now and I have never, I still have never seen a video of that speech. Never in my Whoa. life. Um, but I, I have seen the speech that I typed out. Right. I, I revisited it and it's just, it's corny as hell. Does it, it have a rhythm to it? Like, could you ever put it in a song or anything like that? Uh, I think it would be horrible. Honestly, it would be horrible. Yeah. I think it would be horrible. I mean, it is. It's also very specific to the high school experience that we oh, had. That's fair. Yeah. Um. But people loved it. 
people really they were just like it was you know i was like oh fuck yeah like people are really into this and that was you know i was a few thousand people who were really vibing with it people were really complimentary afterwards um so i was like okay okay like you know regardless of what this means for me i can write i can write I, i have people like it when i put some words together and you know, I liked giving speeches and, you know, I was that high schooler who was like the senior class vice president and like, oh, you know, man. the whole nine. Like, yeah. So then I, not until college that um, I don't know what I did, but I guess my close homies, they knew me as the dude who could write raps. And so uh-huh. we were fucking around and making some songs. Jason and yeah. my home Austin and I still two of my best friends we just made this track in like eight hours in a dorm room, you know, just using garage band loops. And they were like, okay, Drizzy, like you're gonna, you're gonna write a verse for this. And that was, you know, Slake Dronsky didn't exist. Like I just, I just wrote. Right. Jason told me that uh, your name is actually Drake Slonsky. Is that it? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. 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 Um, yeah, Slake Dronsky is a nickname that one of my theater homies gave me in high school. Shout out uh, Zoe Jovanovich. Nice. and uh yeah i didn't even know so i just thought it was a cool i just thought it was a fun fun sure. play yeah, 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 yeah. and it wasn't until i dropped my first mixtape how we pictured it from the front porch back in 2016 i dropped that tape and i was doing a show at the moxie in Greeley, colorado nice and uh after a show this my one of my homies ryan came up to me and he was like bro it's so cool that your mc name is a spoonerism of your legal name yeah. and i was like yeah what 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 is that i was like what the fuck are you talking about so he explains it to me and it just it blew me away i was like that's a thing right because everybody knows a spoonerism is a it's a verbal slip up right everybody knows if you say you're replacing the first two sounds or letters of two words you're flipping them right right like people get that but nobody knows it's called spoonerism necessarily uh-huh. Um, so that's what sparked the, the spoon tattoo. I'm not wearing it right now, but I got spoons on hats. Yeah. Like my merch. And then my second mixtape was called spoonerism. And it, it just kind of like, man, it's so funny that you mentioned that. Like literally one of my questions is you put out these two EPs, how we pictured it from the front porch or you know, mixtapes and, mm-hmm. uh, and spoonerism. I'm like, how do you come up with these names? Exactly. I guess the second one, you might've just told the story, but yeah. What's your thought process going into naming a project? Yeah. Um, gosh, it's all over the place. How we pictured it was I wanted it to, um, I think a lot about, I'm like a kind of abstract imagery kind of guy, kind of thinker, like very big picture, very floaty artsy. It's kind of how my brain works. So Mm -hmm. how we pictured it, um, uh, we, I had a front porch at, um, the house that I lived at for three years in college. Um, where, you know, Austin and Jason and I roommates, I, I met some of my best friends. That was a great house. It's called boardwalk. And, um, our front porch was where we'd spend, we'd spend so much time out there, you know? And I think of a front porch as this sort of idyllic, like this, this resting place, this landing spot where you can sit on your front porch or your back porch for that matter. And you can just picture how you want your life to be and the person you want to be, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, so it was like, it was, and it, the whole album was very first project coming of age type of deal. For sure. Know? Yeah. Yeah. Um, but when, you know, uh, like colors, for example, which like you said, we're one week out from colors. Crazy. Oh yeah. Can't crazy. wait. Yeah. Um, colors came to me. I swear to God, it came to me in my sleep. Like, hmm. you know, when you're drifting to sleep and your mind is just kind of going and I was like about to drift off into dreamland and my eyes just like snapped open 
and I just leaned over, I took my phone out and I wrote down colors. Yeah. Um, and that I mean, it was a time in my life that I was experiencing immense change. I'd kind of just gotten through um, a, a difficult breakup and there was a lot that was kind of swirling. And once I realized that colors was the move, I started to flesh it out into this whole, this whole idea. And that's going to be my next tattoo for sure is the idea that every single person we have, we have this enormous broad spectrum, this color palette, right? Mm -hmm. And we have these different colors that we want the world to see that we want to show the world because we think it's what the world wants to see. And you see it a lot, right? With social media, it's like, I need you to see this shade of myself, right? But there are so many different versions of ourselves. And also those different versions of ourselves are fleshed out as time moves. And so then I started to become sort of infatuated with the colors in a day and the, you know, midnight to, to dawn, to sunrise, to the midday blue, to sunset. And you think about change, change is denoted almost always in some sort of a change of color. You see it in changing of seasons mm, too, the way that the plants move and the leaves change. So I just, I just, I locked in the colors um, and just kind of went from there. But, you know, every, every project is just kind of, I don't know. It's just a snapshot of where you're at when you're making it, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. It's fun to look back on and think like, that was that part of my life. That was that phase. Like, uh, yeah. play it loud. Like I'm sleeping. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Play it loud. I'm sleeping. That that's a weird project, man. I don't yeah. really exactly know how I came up with that title. Um, it was my first project when I made it to LA. It was my second mixtape or second EP. Yeah. And, um, yeah, I don't, I don't even know, really know what to say about that project. I, I love it. Uh, I think it's aged interestingly. Um, but yeah, it's, I don't know. It's, it's a weird one. It was, um, I don't even know what the fuck. Like experimental? Are you just messing around trying to make something? And It was. We were, we were, we were playing with more melodies. I was also working with um, my good homie, Chuck Shadow, who's now mm. my longtime collaborator. We first did the song Yada Yada together, oh, nice. which was on the Flake Dronsky EP. That's the first time we worked together. And we actually met each other through a homie in Greeley, um, this dude I was working at, Soul, Soul Session Studios in Greeley. Josh Fisher linked us up because they used to work together. He went to UNC, the same college I went to. Anyway, nice. um, yeah, Kelly and I, Chuck and I, were kind, of, uh, were kind of getting our feet wet with what we could do. He did some of the production on that project. Um, and it was just, I don't know, it feels like I made that project in a fever dream. But I mean, <laughs> Advo came from that project and Advo is one of my favorite songs I've ever made. You are not gonna make me trip, listen up. Take back your hand, take it back. This is not patty cake, nope, no. I don't demand, give me that. Give me that. I just self-advocate, yo. yo. Advo, speak, speak. Advo, fuck them up. Advo, when they act up. Advo, tell you one of us. That project was me trying to take these big ideas and put them into something very small mm. and also let let the words breathe a little bit, which I do on colors a little bit more as well. Yeah. Um, I think colors is a much more fleshed out version of Play It Loud. We take a lot of um, a lot of kind of the inklings, the little baby ideas that we had in Play It Loud, and I let them I let them kind of run a little bit more. But in colors, I also, I, I bring back quite a few little nuggets from my old stuff, just, just for the true fans to see if you're paying attention. Nice. I have references to old songs, to old projects. I even, I reuse an iconic line, I think, that is still one of my favorite lines. Um, but you, you got it in a completely different context. It's a, it's a, for people, I think, who have been paying attention and following my 
career, which I know is a small subsect of people, but the day ones, yeah. for them, I think Colors is a culmination of this whole chapter of my career. But for all the new fans and, you know, and I'm seeing a lot of new homies who are kind of hopping on the train right now, which is really, really exciting for awesome, me. Awesome, man. You yeah. Know, from all different places. For them and for, I think, the industry at large, it's an introduction to, to myself as an artist, my personal story, my artistry all wrapped up into one and a jumping off point for where I'm going to go from here. Oh, that's awesome, man. That's awesome. When you say let the words breathe a little bit more, you mean like not as lyrically dense and sort of fleshed out and more like yes. rhythmically pleasing and things like that? Yes. Um, yeah. When I first started writing, like I said, I was kind of just wrapping out of my shoes a little bit. Uh -huh. I wouldn't write in places for myself to breathe. It was just like shove bars down your throat, you know? Right. And I think um, if I had to liken it to something, it's like if you listen to Tyler, the creator's Igor, mm -hmm. he doesn't come into that project. You don't really hear his voice until minutes into the project. You don't, he doesn't really start a verse until like three quarters of the way through the second song, you know? Yeah. Um, he lets the, the, uh, the musicality of the project tell a story and bring you in. Um, and I, I balance, how can I give my best bars and how can I, how can I make my words as poignant and important as possible, mm -hmm. but also say less, you know, mm. say less and say more at the same time. That's tough, man. That's really mm. hard. Yeah. Uh, have you ever stolen anything in your life? Mm, yes, totally. What's, what's the last thing you stole? The last thing I stole, um, probably something from the grocery store, like an avocado or something, you know, yeah. self-checkout. I'm nabbing produce all the time. Enter the wrong code, right? Oh, sure. Or just don't, or, you know, if I got four avocados, I'm going to say that I got two, whatever. <laughs> so shit in there. You know, it's like, I generally, I don't condone stealing, but right. from big, corporations i'm like they're not gonna miss these off you don't have to say i condone stealing if you're listening to this steal as much as you can i haven't paid for chapstick in 12 years i get it <laughs> i understand when, when i was a kid uh i went to a subway with um my dad and my sibling and uh i got just, i don't know just got a sandwich but i walked out of there and i think at some point like i thought that i had got a drink with my sandwich so i just like you know filled it up <laughs> and then we were in the car and my dad was like I didn't pay for that drink and I was like <laughs> like oh and you know we all just kind of looked at each other and just kept driving that was kind of the beginning YOLO, of YOLO man yeah and then you haven't stopped stealing since that's awesome yeah 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 steal everything uh, I, you have, I, no go ahead I'm sorry I was just gonna ask do you have a favorite song off of those first two mixtapes that you put out mm, if you had to pick of, one off of how we pictured it in Spoonerism specifically mm-hmm um if i had to pick one yeah literally just oh, one off with that question <laughs> pick your favorite child um yeah okay off top i'm gonna say sikkim actually i'm gonna say sikkim ah, nice. just because okay. sikkim i is still something to this day that i can perform you know in concert i don't play a lot of a lot of songs off of those projects anymore 
um, but I can still introduce Sikkim to a new audience and they still fuck with it, which tells me it's standing the test of time, it gets people hyped. in broke commitments, how can lives move quickly? Who controls the business when the miser's missing? Sing Sikkim, 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 this is your captain speaking, grab the seat, Sikkim, 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 today our army marches past that peak, Sikkim. That was the first song I heard of yours, man. When Jason, back in 2018, was like, dude, I have a homie, he's a rapper, showed me Spoonerisms. For some reason, like, even though it's not even the first song, I just skipped to that one because I like the title. Yeah. And it was the first one that I listened to. The feature on it, too, Sydney Wiggs, um, her name is Sydney Higgins. Uh, she's amazing. I met her in college, and I just kind of, I just kind of made up an MC name for her. I'm like, I'm gonna call you City Wigs. <laughs> and I was like, and I'm gonna spell wigs like the wig party. Like, I don't know. And she just kind of went with it. Um, but that track would be nothing without her. I, yeah, I no, no am so, so fortunate to have so many amazingly talented friends who are interested in working, you know? Um, it's just like, I, I couldn't do this without, you know, producer homies, engineer homies. Uh, feature artist homies and even artists who aren't featured on the projects who I look up to and we draw inspiration from each other you know it's like it's a whole thing it's a whole thing I just I yeah you know, I, I wouldn't dream of doing it any other way man I have a lot of questions about that specifically that I'll get to in just a sec um, mm -hmm. but I guess today usually a song is like between two and four minutes but for those that might not know how much work actually goes into making one song like a song I guess it really depends on the song I can't give you a concrete answer about that but there are songs Honestly, that, you know, I'll write in two hours. Mm -hmm. And there are songs that I, it will take me, you know, a couple weeks to finish. You know, mm. uh, it, it depends on... Now, I, I haven't um, historically made my own beats throughout my career. I have just... I have a producing credit on Colors. Um, mm -hmm. I produced the first track and I'm just now getting into producing. So when I am... And I'm I'm bad at it. I am yeah. dead cold bad at it. I am fucking <laughs> learning. I'm getting humbled every single day that I do it. Nice. Uh, but nowadays, when I'm making beats, like um, it's it's the same kind of deal. I guess sometimes something flows out of you, and sometimes you know you get halfway through, and then you gotta. And sometimes I'm writing on my phone, and sometimes I'm writing pen to paper. Um, so it really all just kind of it kind of depends. But I I can't write a song in less than an hour like that's just not right. gonna happen. it's not gonna be good i can write a hook quick you know i'm getting better at that if the beat's right and something comes over yeah you, you can get that shit down um that's but, how you write hooks like you kind of wait for the beat to hit you and then like whatever yeah. melody pops in your head you just flesh it out with words or something exactly. is that how it goes yeah i've always been everybody has different schools of thought and you know whatever works i've always been a right to a beat kind of guy uh -huh. i've got friends who you know, they just, they've got full notebooks and they're going to, they want people to play them beats so they can find a beat that fits to their, or they're going to fit their verse to this, you know, but right. I like to, I like to ride the beat. I'm all like, I'm all about, because to me, I want, I want what I'm doing to tickle your ear a little bit. I want the mm -hmm. flow to be something that is just sonically pleasing and you can go back and you can listen to it again just because it sounds good and it feels good. But then, you know, that second, third, fourth, listen to, you're like, wait what like yeah. what was that line you know um so there's like a i don't know there's like a, a still a kind of density to it i guess but um, yeah i'm always like with china like i i heard the beat for china 
and I don't normally, that's like a pretty classic hip hop beat. You know, with elements of, throughout the beat, it's got elements of boom bap, boom bap and trap, you know, mm -hmm. kind of just weaving through and the video is so hard. I don't normally rap to stuff like that, um, but it just moved. But then the second I heard that Chu threw in this orchestral breakdown, like three minutes into the song, and then you've got a minute long, this symphonic piece that just takes you on this journey. I was like, what the fuck? <laughs> I have to put, you know, I have to put this on, you know, it's just like, um, I, I, you know, it's hard for me to write if I'm not inspired by what I'm listening to. Only so much face I'm trying to say. Only so much breath I'm trying to waste to do so. So much left I'm trying to say. But only so much I'm trying to explain to you. So only so much face I'm trying to save. Yeah, yeah. Only so much love you allowed to take to do so. Yeah. Give me strength or give me space. Only so much I'm trying to explain to you. So yeah. Oh, awesome, man. Um, you know, this typically is a podcast just about comedy and breaking down that art form just to sort of keep it on topic. Do you know any jokes? Like, is there anything that's in the back of your head that you kind of bring up sometimes? Totally, totally. I got I have a joke that I always tell if anybody's like, don't good jokes? And it makes me laugh. Um, and that's really all that matters. But it's, uh, did you hear about, uh, did you hear about that guy? It's so sad. He had to fire his exorcist. Did you hear about that? No. No, it was, it was tough. He got repossessed. <laughs> <laughs> it's dumb, man. It's That's dumb. That's classic, man. The pinnacle of comedy for me is if somebody, I mean, it says anything that ends in an ER, um, like, um, like refrigerator, I hardly know her. Oh, <laughs> like, love it. Yeah, right, you know, right. That formula so, is so classic. Oh, so dumb. My homies and I in college, we always used to just, we would just play with words like, um, like uh, I don't know, like we thought, we thought, this is going to sound so stupid. I really don't know no, why I'm bringing please, this up. Please. But we thought we had this whole like sketch that was like, it was this baking company, but they were just called Eggs Baker Dazer. And they were like, they, we were like, I'm Hank and I'm Craig and we're Eggs Baker Dazer. And there was like, you know, we're, we're baking the deserts and the area is big. <laughs> it's just like, and it was just sounds, really. It was just right. a bunch of weird fucking <laughs> sounds. And like, I would think we, we put it on. We did the whole sketch in front of an audience. I think it was a total flop, but like, that's just kind of, we just love, but I think that's kind of what, this is going to sound crazy, but this is kind of what rap is too. You're just hmm. playing with sounds. You're just yeah. taking, you're taking a word and you're, and you're fucking, you know, it's like, it's like Chris Jalea's impersonation of Eminem where he's like, you know, like, um, you know, like I'm in a Ford Taurus and I'm coursing, right. you know, it's, you're just like, you know, you're, how can I say this? How can I say it? But it sounds interesting to the ear and then I'm going to twist it and I'm going to put some melody in here. It's Man, I can like, tell you like from a, like firsthand account, it is almost the exact same thing. In high school, I was really into writing raps and mm -hmm. fitting like certain words into amount of like flow. Same thing as with jokes. Your jokes mm -hmm. got to be on a rhythm. Like the people got to know like kind of what's coming and the rhythm of it. And then you just slap them across the face with, ah, I barely know her. What are you talking about? Yeah, yeah. The the time, I mean, it's, it is. It's so much in the delivery and the timing. And I love it. I just love, I love that there's no right answer to, you know? Oh, yeah, right. It's just like, there is a whole, 
hey, it's an art form and everybody, every crowd is gonna react different to it. That's what I love about um, live theater, live comedy, live music. Like as much as I do, I think people are getting really creative with their live stream performances. And I think it's amazing. It's amazing the way that we're utilizing technology right now to overcome an obstacle. Yeah, um, for real. But I mean, I, look at this, like this would never would have happened, honestly. No one would like, ever think to do it, you know? Pre-pandem, no, this is not happening, probably no, not. No, they'd be like a Zoom interview, I'm not right. watching that, you know? <laughs> right. That. Like leave meeting, like fuck that. Um, <laughs> but yeah, it's just, it's just, you know, it's in a way, it's kind of adapt or die, you know? We, we, right. we still, we, people still need art and we still, you know, we still have stuff that we're passionate about and that we're creating and you can't, you know, while it's okay, I think to, Take a pause, examine what you need, be gentle with yourself in a time of crisis. You don't have to make your masterpiece right now. Um, there are also still people who, you know, they've got shit to say and you want to put it out. We can't all just completely pause, you know, while understanding that we still need to be safe. But um, fuck, what was I saying? I don't even remember what I was saying. I'm sorry. I kind of just, yeah, it's like the comparing the writing styles of rap and comedy. They're yeah, pretty similar. Yeah, 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 yeah. Oh, 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 uh, the beauty of live comedy live performance in general is that there is something that hangs in the air you know yeah. like and and it's intangible but i feel like it's this inescapable humanity that mm. exists in a live piece period that you just can't you know and it could be you know if a comedian's fucking killing it it's like they could say anything and they've already got you in their grips. You know, it's just like, you're rolling. If somebody's bombing, you know, the air's turned stale. And it's something that, that it's hard to explain, but it exists. And it's just like this, mm. this link that we have. That's yeah. what I love about live performance that I'll always, always love about live performance. And I think it exists across mediums. I feel, I felt it just as much when I was doing theater as much as I, you know, I do when I'm at my concerts. It's A thousand percent. Like, you know, you're here, you're there, you're locked in. Do you still get nervous in front of crowds or do, did you ever get nervous? Totally. Yeah, yeah, totally. I mean, it's different. Um, it's, 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 admittedly, I have gotten less nervous as time has passed. And the more I do it, you put in those 10,000 hours. But, um, you know, there are shows, there are some shows that make me more nervous than others. But before every single show, I'll always get nervous because I you give a shit. You know, exactly, like, exactly. You, right. You, it just means like your body's alert and like that you care about it. Mm -hmm. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. I'm sure you can relate to that. Um, man, Zoom does this thing where it only gives you 40 minutes for free. I have a few oh, more questions, but that's right. That's right. Okay, I'll rapid fire. We got this. Yeah. Okay. All right. Let's go real quick. Um, let me see. How has working with a, a, your current team of people changed your music? Mm, they're, they're really amazing. I have two, manager, two managers, Carlo and Mike. Um, and they're part of Ninth Floor Management Group. They're really hands-off. They kind of let me do still whatever I want with my music. So working with um, Kelly, Chuck Shadow, um, we actually, honestly, my whole team lets me do whatever the fuck I want with my music. You'll okay. hear a song. There's a song called Second Breakfast. I dropped a teaser for it yesterday. Yeah. Um, and it, it starts with about a minute of an old voice recording that I found on my phone that is just me and my homies, high as fuck, just <laughs> making, it's like the eggs bigger days. It's just the stupid joke. It's called Fartabush. And it's, uh, and I brought that to Kelly and he was like, okay, you want me to like play a little bit of this? And I was like, no, we're playing the entire minute long clip at the beginning of this song, and then I'll tell you exactly where to cut it, and we'll bring in the music over it, 
and it's going to start, but the song is a sexy dance track. And he nice. was like, that's a bad idea. And I was like, <laughs> trust me. And then at the end of it, he was like, okay, I get it. I get it. In the context of the piece, it totally works. Um, but really, I am super thankful that my team kind of lets me do whatever the fuck I want because we haven't amazing. missed yet. Uh, is the music video going to be like an animation? Is it going to be sort of like what you posted or? No. Uh, okay. Ali has been doing these amazing animated clips. There's, these are essentially teasers for Instagram only. I, I was super, I'm a big John Bellion fan. Mm -hmm. And when John Bellion was dropping Glory Sound Prep, he was dropping because Glory Sound Prep is, it's a, you know, it's a fucking giant cartoon world that they created he was dropping these animated teasers and i was taken by that i was like oh, we're doing okay. that borrow and steal everything we're doing that for colors because as i i don't know if you saw i dropped the album cover today there's right. a little cartoon slake that's sitting on the l of colors and i wanted to tease that cartoon version of slake um before people got the album cover so when they saw the cover they would see that it all exists in this colorful 2d animated world man Man, I love how much you care about it, like the little details and all that. Like, for real, man. You're putting a lot of time and effort into this. I love it. Um, let's see. What's your favorite song that you've written, period? Oh, that's impossible. Impossible. Um, I know. I guess as a fan, I could tell you, like, my, maybe my top three songs that I like by you that are always on repeat. Mike Penn Smokes Weed. Classic. Just a jam, man. Club banger. Uh, so, like, Laundry, probably. Mm. Yes. Um, man, and... It's so tough. Advo or got it? Probably, probably got it though. Got it. What's got it? Um, that's all I got. Sorry. That's oh yeah yeah all I got yeah yeah. That, I really love that song. I love that song a lot. Um, I do love Advo. Laundry. Laundry is a big personal favorite of mine as well. It's a banger, um, man. I thought it would do better numbers. To be totally honest with you, yeah. I thought Laundry would take off and China did, which I'm stoked about. Um, but that's what's the cool about dropping singles and then dropping an album is that people get to rediscover stuff, you know? Um, that's right. You also look at, you know, if you drop a good body of work and then you blow up later, people go back to the body of work and they, they find their favorites and whatnot. Um, yeah, yeah, but Laundry, yeah, Laundry Slaps. I'm glad that you like those. I'm glad that you like those. Uh, what's your favorite cartoon of all time? Cartoon? Probably Spongebob. I love SpongeBob. Classic, classic I watched SpongeBob. a lot of cartoons though. Fairly Odd Parents, Jimmy Neutron, SpongeBob, um, Codenames Kid, Kids Next Door. I fucked with that, Evie. Oh, yeah, that's right. Yeah, Did you ever perfect. watch Foster's Home for Imaginary Friends? Oh, yeah, for okay, sure. Okay, top three all time. I love, think it's so funny that they had Wilt Chamberlain as it. I love that. That was like the best part of the show. He has like one eye that's weird. Mm -hmm. um, who are the artists that you study most when it comes to making music? It's changing. It's always changing. Mm -hmm. Chance is kind of an overarching influence for me as a person, um, as, as an artist, but as a dude, I just think he's, he really stands up for a lot of cool stuff. Yeah. Um, helps a lot in his community. I, I love that. I see, I see that. Travis Thompson is a Seattle rapper. Um, he was just on the BET Cypher a few months ago. He's blowing up right now. Nice. He, this dude, everybody's got to lock in, tap in with Travis Thompson um he's amazing and he, he's, do, he's doing he's doing incredible work both with the pen and as a person but he's a huge influence for colors colors yeah. i was writing a lot of colors while i was really listening to travis thompson getting into his stuff so i, I tapped in heavy with him um i've been listening saba like speaking of chicago rap saba is a huge influence um jid denzel curry um yeah that, that spitters kind of, man that yeah uh, is there any other talent that you wish you have or that you wish you had? Yeah, I want, I, I, 
I'm going to get better musically because, you know, you, you can always get better with your left hand if you're good with your right, you know, like mm. I'm going to get better. My voice is going to improve. But what I really want is I want to learn piano. That's my shit. Yeah, you know? Yes, man. He's, Absolutely. He's chance playing same drugs on, on SNL. And it's like, he's not the best piano player, but he, he can do it. He, he plunked out those keys. Like I just want to be a key plunker. Give me, yeah, key man. Plunk, you know, um, so I'm going to get better at piano. I also want to be a better dancer. I took it. I took a jazz yeah. dance class in college and it's time to bring those back. Yeah. Hell yeah, man. Uh, let's see. I got a few more. We got two minutes left. Uh, what are you most grateful for today? My health, my family, safety, and my, um, the platform. I know I, I don't have the biggest platform, um, but the conditions that I have been born and raised in have allowed me to live my life with a very minimal amount of fear in my day-to-day -day living. And I am extremely grateful that I have the ability and the, I guess, the wherewithal to want to change the conditions so that every single person can feel as comfortable as I have in my life, if that makes mm, sense. Beautiful. Um, I guess last but not least, man, fill in the blank. I am Slank Dronsky, and I am? I am Slank Dronsky, and I am very, very excited for you to listen to Colors on June 5th. Man, I am so excited to finally hear it. You've been like releasing these singles that are all kind of themed after a color. I love the idea of it, putting out all these singles like related to the project. Thanks, man. Yeah, best of luck with that, man. Thank you for doing this so much. We have like who knows how much time. Zoom's not even telling me, so it's just going to cut off. Fuck it. Thank you so much for having me, homie. I really appreciate this. Stay yeah. safe, everybody. Um, go out, use your voice, protest, call your representatives. We need justice for George Floyd. We need Absolutely. to see those officers charged for murder to be held accountable for the murderers they, that they are. Use your privilege. Use your platform. Um, I love y'all, and I will uh, talk to you soon. Slake, I couldn't agree more, man. Thank you, man. Stay safe, all right? Peace out, homie. And there you have it. Uh, there you have it. That was Slake Dronsky. Everybody, Slake Dronsky. Huge round of applause for Slake. One of my favorite artists, man. I can't believe that I have this platform that people want to be a part of. It makes me so happy. It is the only reason that I keep going. I, you know, envisioned when I first started this that I would end up talking to comedians that I looked up to and that I admired or who I wanted to pick brains from. I never envisioned that I would be talking to some of my favorite musical artists and you know as somebody who in high school practiced writing lyrics and trying to make music with his friends and even today you know making music on my computer and still writing lyrics um, it's just it's so admirable to see how far this guy has come in such a short time and it's a true testament to the amount of work this guy puts in I mean listen to how detailed he talks about each one of these tracks and all of his lyrics, this man is so detail-oriented when it comes to his own art craft and his own work. Like I've said in the beginning, in the intro here, man, Slake has inspired me so much, um, so just a huge shout-out to him. I have nothing but kind words to say about you. And if you ever have anything else that you want to share, please let me know, man. Please let me know. I would love to have you back on. Um, and I won't ask you what your favorite song is because I know that's an impossible question. I just got thrown off because Zoom said I had six minutes left and I was like, oh, I can't find the right, eh, whatever. You know, I'm making excuses as an interviewer here. Um, I will have different questions ready uh, if you decide to come back. And please do something 
please speak out on the matter. Slake, him and I didn't have enough time to talk about things that are happening in this country, but, um, you know, if you have eyes and ears at all, and if you've looked at a screen in the past month, you have to know what's happening. Um, and you need to go out and you need to make something change. And I think you can do that by voting and by voting all of these racist people out of office and really paying attention to who you elect and who you vote for in the future because that is our hope. That is the way that we see change. Um, since this is a comedy podcast, I guess I like to sort of bring it back a little bit. Um, Chris Rock once said, you know, it's so, it's so strange that we can have a bad apple. We can have a bad apple when it comes to a police officer. It's really the only profession that you can say that, a bad apple. It sounds like a candy, a bad apple, you know? You, you never have something like that, like if you were a pilot, if you were a doctor. No, maybe this should be the one job that you just can't be a bad apple in being a police officer um and you know you have the ability as a u.s citizen as well to make some sort of change in that regard so please please do something um and be safe about it be smart about it if you're going to support the movement just just speak up first step just speak up and say something don't be scared to share your opinion I know I was for a long time because every time I spoke out on something like this and somebody said, why? Why are you saying that? It doesn't even make a difference. Why are you even, why do you give a shit? What are you going to do? I'm telling you to give a shit because you can do something. And for a long time, I felt like I couldn't say anything. And that's just the wrong idea. And that's the wrong approach to take. So I, again, I will just say this one more time. Go out and vote. Vote all of these people out of office. Um, it doesn't just start with the Cheeto at the top. It goes all the way down to your local government and you gotta do something about it. So please, please, if you're listening, that's the that's the way that I feel like you can help. All of these protests are doing something and they, they've made me wake up to certain things. So they, they are not moving forward without reason and without cause. Um, they are inspiring a lot of people to finally speak up. But I feel like where change really comes from is by voting. And that's all I'm going to say on this. Another huge shout out to Slake. Thank you so much for doing this and sitting down with me and talking over Zoom. I had such a fucking fun time, man. Can't wait to do this again. Um, I have another interview coming with uh, Big Jake Hovis, a local comedian here in Denver. One of my favorite interviews of all time as well. Jake was just such an easy guy to talk to. So naturally funny and very creative. Um, he did a comedy experiment that we talk about a little bit and that will be out next sunday um so please look out for that um i just want to leave you with one of slake's songs right now it's probably my favorite song by him uh it's something that i listen to i don't even want to admit how many times i've listened to this song slake if you know the numbers like if you see the numbers i'm probably 90 percent of them but uh, i want to leave you with my favorite slake song right now all i got uh the song that i got the title wrong of um but i'm gonna leave you with that and uh and please be safe out there, and and please go out and vote. So thank you so much for listening. I'll see you next week. Yeah, 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 yeah. I get my, I get my, I get my. 
I get my love in my foes I get my love in my clothes a lot of love to give the ghosts Kinda love is unspoken In the rubble of the lies Love is heavy, love is kind Love is laughing at the cost I get my, I get my love That's all I got Yeah, yeah That's all I got I get my, I get my love That's all I got I grab my chest when we part I still get dressed in the dark I gather all this catharsis Melt it down, make it my bars I pick and roll, pick six Picture pose, pocket trip, shit Stick and poke, politic, fix and pose and profit quick. A coven and coast like can't spit. Lightly hype beast like sheeps on a hamlet, yeah. Still a big kid for the most part. Sit around and turn a wish list to a flowchart, yeah. Leave yourself a shit'll lead you home. Speak your hells or you will see them grow. Be compelled, be consoled. I don't preach and tell, but I will freaking smoke like no cap. Got a lot of fans, you get some blowback. Colorado handsome, that's my old tassel. Dad's like old Cranston, past the flow. That's bananas and broken, it's impact. I want my managing dad Feels like that cami vanity grad speech was last weekend And I grabbed that beacon and laughed Like look where I'm, look where I'm at Look where I'm at Yeah In the rubble of the lies Love is heavy, love is kind Love is laughing at the cause I get my, I get my I get my love to my foes I get my love to my closest Lot of love to give to ghosts Kinda love that's unspoken In the rubble of the lies Love is heavy, love is kind Love is laughing at the cause I get my love, that's all I got Yeah, yeah That's all I got I get my, I get my, I get my love, love, love. That's all I got. I get my, I get my love. That's all I got. Mm. Your connection sucks.